Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews. The mind can play a tremendous influence on your performance, whether it be golf or you name it. I don't care what it is. If you go in with the proper background, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you go in with the proper background and the proper mental state, the odds are you're going to come out successfully. Taking you beyond the ropes. I refuse to give up on life, even though it's been it's been bumpy. You get back up and do it. I know you can. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to your friends to be the best person you can be. Unforgettable stories. Say Elaine for us. Yes. <laughs> Elaine, you're out on your patoot. Go spend a week in the Yakavongo Delta. <laughs> a bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the program. Out of here with you. So with all of the talk that there's been of late of how we have a Ryder Cup that's, you know, coming up around the corner, there's a, the, the captains getting together, the promotion that goes along with it and all the rest, and, and all of that's fun. It's just countdown of sorts, right? Well, I cast my mind back to... November of 2018 at the RSM Classic, which it's it's a great event. I love it's the time of year that it's held because you know everyone's getting ready for the start of the holidays. Thanksgiving is the next week, and so there's this whole vibe that goes with it. And then when you got the Golden Isles and you're at Sea Island up there on the Georgia coast, it only adds to one the natural beauty, but the, this feeling of just relaxation and that. You've come to the end of a long year, and it's time to kind of relax and just enjoy the ride. So we get up there on Sunday night that year, and my job was to do a Q&A with Davis Love the Third. So when you hear this, it's clear that it's being broadcast to you know a large room and that you can hear the, the sound coming through loudspeakers and all the rest, but... What was fascinating was a generalized conversation with, with Davis Love III is always fascinating, a guy that's now a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. But when we got into his captaincy in 2016 and how and what went into what has become now a historic, absolutely historic match between Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy from – you know, the Ryder Cup that was held in Minnesota and this the fact that no one will, I don't think, ever forget that particular match. There are big matches that get remembered. You know, anytime Zinger went up against Seve, people will remember it. But there's plenty of them to go through the annals of the Ryder Cup. And they all get brought up. Many of them get brought up in bits and pieces when the Ryder Cup week actually commences or, or at least in the buildup to it, in fairness. So I thought this was just a fascinating conversation on stuff that actually goes on in the team room or with players and coach, but in particular with coach and vice captains, just a, a glimpse of the dynamic. Good evening, everybody. So tonight we get a nice long talk with uh, Davis Love the Third, And then if, if you're cool that what I thought we would do is as we get towards the end of our discussion, that's why Davis has the microphone with the cable on it. I have a wireless, and if, if you guys are interested and willing, 
I'll come down into the audience and you guys can ask Davis some questions. So we wanted to mix it up a little bit so that you guys had an opportunity to speak to him as well. Uh, Davis Love III won 21 times on the PGA Tour. He won the PGA Championship in 1997. He won the, P the Players' Championship twice. He's a two-time United States Ryder Cup captain, and this man is forever enshrined in the World Golf Hall of Fame. So with that, please join me in welcoming Davis Love III. Now, if that sounds like a lot of water under the bridge, he, he just told me that he's going to be a, a grandfather for the third time. Congratulations. How are things? Great. This is a, a big week, obviously. This is the first night. Kicks it off. But um, I'd like to echo everything Don said, especially about the showers. They're best showers probably on tour. Um, we, we rate golf courses by the players do by the best locker room on tour. Not, we don't get hung up on bunkers or greens. And I heard players last couple times I've played saying, I can't wait to get to Sea Island. They have the best locker room on tour. And it's one, because of the staff here at Sea Island, and two, because as Don said, it's a great shower. But, um, you know, this has been obviously ramping up for, for weeks and months. I figured out the best role for me in the tournament office, which is just across the parking lot is to keep track of the granddaughters for my daughter so she can go into the office. So I'm trying to help out. My granddaughter complained to me the other day. She said, why are you picking me up from school so much? So I was at least doing my job, even though she wasn't happy about it. She wanted to see her mom. But uh, our whole family, um, our team at the Davis Love Foundation has been working incredibly hard and um, we're excited to get it started. Is Mark here? Is your brother here? Mark's here. There he is. What's up? Back. Mark's just over there. So. When you pick your granddaughter up at school, are you picking her up in the massive truck that looks like it can invade a third world country? I can pull about anything. I'm real, I'm real popular with, again, with the tournament staff because I have the biggest truck. So I can pull the trailers or whatever. What do the grandchildren call Davis Love the Third? Uh, I am uh, Poppy. That's not bad. And that was not the granddaughter's choice. My wife picked that. I think shortly after we found out we were having a grandchild, I said, we can't pick the names. The child has to pick the names. And I don't like Poppy. Until I heard Jenna Bush on um, Today's Show say, oh, my Poppy's feeling much better. So I went, all right, that's good enough for me. Good enough for Bush 41. It's good enough for me. I can remember one time asking uh, Arnold Palmer what the grandkids called him. Did he ever tell you what his grandkids called him? They, his, his granddaughter was trying to say one day that he looked grumpy, but she was a year and a half, two years old, and, she, and it came out dumpy. And forevermore, one of the greatest golfers of all time was known to his grandchildren as Dumpy, Arnold Palmer. So, how has uh, being a grandfather and now going to be a multiple-time grandfather changed Davis Love III? Um, well, it's, it's a lot of fun. One, I have a lot of, a lot of friends that have told me over the years, you're not going to believe how great grandkids are. It's, it's as good or better than, than your own kids, and I couldn't believe it, but it is. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And Drew, who's at the Shrimp and Grits bar right now. Sure, too. There he is, yeah. Beat me to, beat me to the Shrimp and Grits. Um, Drew, Drew had, had Eloise um, night before last for dinner and running around with her. We just have a lot of fun, and um, it's just amazing to see another generation come along. I'm... I don't feel old enough to be a grandfather, but obviously um, 
I better get good at it real quick. We're going to have another one in May. We're going to have three. Fantastic. Congratulations. How about that news as well? Uh, hashtag RSM gives back is, the, is what we're going to ask all of you guys to use as much as you can on social media this year. It's been nearly a decade that we've been talking about this and what your vision was and now what it has become. Could you kind of bridge the gap for us? Take us back to all those years ago and what you guys had hoped for to where we are today. Well, uh, my wife Robin and I ran just a little Monday Pro-Am where we invited a few friends to come in and play. And then uh, Bill Jones the third from, from Sea Island that he and I grew up playing a lot of golf together. and. Being around Sea Island forever, we said we'd like to take that to the next level. He brought the Walker Cup here and um, the Jones Cup amateur and a lot of great tournaments, but we wanted to take it to the next level. So um, obviously we took to the top level and got a PGA Tour event. And amazing that in this is our ninth year, we'll go over $10 million to charity this year thanks to our partnerships with uh, with RSM and and also like tonight BMW of North America. We've got great partners and it's been a great run and the players love it it's one of like mark's and my goal really was we remember the old days of hilton head or the old days of callaway gardens the the buick invitational over there and the southern hospitality the small town getting completely behind a tournament and uh, our community's really gotten behind this and it's become an important part of our year you know georgia florida is the most famous <laughs> week <laughs> of around the country in sports um for this area, and I think the RSM Classic has is at least become an equal to that. We obviously raise a lot more money for charity, but it is a the biggest week of the year here in our community. Yeah, I just, I just want to circle back around and underscore something that Davis said because he was going through a lot of things, a lot of accomplishments, a lot of goals that that had been checked off, but ten million dollars has been raised from this collective effort. Ten million. When, how often do you ever get a chance to see the lives that that $10 million would touch? Well, it's every day, and I think the best example is, and I, I gave it in, a, in an interview a week or so ago, it really hit me when I saw a school bus that had been painted, wrapped with the RSM logo and the, the Birdies for Love and the Davis Love Foundation driving around the island, picking up kids and taking them to the Boys and Girls Club, and that's when it really hits you. The first tee, parents coming up and saying, my, I never thought my kids would want to play golf. And then all the, the multitude of charities that we've been able to touch. And then RSM taking over our Birdies for Love program a few years ago, turning it into a small program, into an over $2 million a year program. And that touches their offices all around the U.S. and all around the world. So RSM has pushed us and joined with us on every initiative we've ever come up with. They came up with one of their own this year. I don't know if you know that starting at the Safeway Classic through this week's RSM Classic, the player who makes the most birdies um, over those eight weeks gets $300,000 for his charity and then to 150 and then 50,000. And we were just sitting over there figuring out that Ches Reeve made a bunch of birdies down in Mexico, so he's he's likely to be the winner unless I can figure out how to make about 60 this week. Um, he'll probably he'll probably win. That, by the way, if you go to RSMClassic.com's webpage, you can actually see the leaderboard of where they stand with with all of that. Uh, let me go back to another point here because you just talked about the Davis Love Foundation. Could you talk to us about why you did it? What was the objective initially? 
Well, the objective when we got into it was for Robin and I to have a vehicle to donate money in, into the community, to have a small golf tournament. But if you don't know, the PGA Tour, every PGA Tour event you see is run by a charitable organization. Um, the Dallas Salesmanship Club or the Phoenix Thunderbirds. So the Davis Love Foundation, its main uh, purpose is to run the RSM Classic and therefore support children and families in need in our community and with our partnership with RSM really all over the country. There's a few tournaments, the John Deere Classic, there's a few of them that have these birdies programs that don't just touch their local community, that are spread obviously with the John Deere uh, worldwide spread. Their birdies program does very, very well. We're trying to catch them. They're, they went over like 12 and a half million this year. So we're, gonna, we're working on it. We're catching up. And I, I think RSM will make a great announcement on Tuesday. Um, they, their whole team has put a lot of passion into this birdies program. We did 75,000, I think, the first year, and last year they did over two, two point something million dollars. So it's an incredible program, and um, that's the foundation is all about raising money for charity, creating opportunities and jobs in our community, and, and bringing 156 tour pros here to play golf. It's amazing. So not only, as you, as you heard me say, is Davis Love III a member of the World Golf Hall of Fame, just think about that for a second, the significance of being forever enshrined in the Hall of Fame of your respective sport or career. But when you talk about opportunities, this event provides opportunities, when, especially when it went to the two courses, the field opened up, there's a lot of young players that come through and play and contend and even win here. And that's all part of the messaging, that's part of who Davis is in terms of the, the, the image that he projects as what a golf professional touring pro should do and the opportunities that you're giving back to a lot of young players. That's gotta be a very cool thing too for you. Yeah, it's great to, um, we are the only, really the only tournament in the fall, these eight tournaments that has what we call a full field. So you'll see that all the guys out of the Q school, the web.com category will get to play this week. And that's great because they don't get maybe 18, 19 starts as, as a rookie. So it's great for us to give them a chance. Um, See, Allen has been very gracious to let us play two golf courses so we can do that with this amount of daylight. It also lets us play 80 Pro-Am groups, which is almost double what we would play on one golf course. And therefore, we get to give more money to charity. So it's a win-win for us. And I've been, I'm, <laughs> this is a big week for me, but next Monday is gonna be a big day for me because I graduate or I, I rotate off the PGA Tour board of my fifth, my fifth term. So it's gonna be a great retirement day for me next Monday. But um, as a board member, I know how hard it is, how much we struggle to get playing opportunities for guys farther down the list. I mean, uh, Zach Johnson and luckily myself, we can play as much as we want, but the rookies don't get as much opportunities probably they should. So we're providing them, you are providing them another opportunity to play, um, get their season and their career started. One more reason why this is such a unique event, and it's the reason why we try to tell our audiences, particularly around the, the southeast of the United States, but the whole of the USA, North America, the world, if you want to come to, and you guys are gonna experience this, if you wanna to come to an event that's incredibly unique because of how close you can get to the players, the variety of the players you're gonna see, you're literally gonna see the players that will inherit the mantle of this game. You're gonna see those stars of tomorrow, today, plus you get to see the veteran stars 
as well. Kind of unique uh, combination in all of that. You've spoken quite a bit about Sea Island and how unique this has been. This has been a great partnership for you guys. This has been going on for a long time. And as far as Sea Island goes, they keep getting better. Yeah, if you sneak out the back door, um, brand new putting course designed by Mark Love. If you, if you don't like the pin placements, Mark set them. Um, He's right over there. He can hear you. We've been having a lot of fun with the one-acre putting course, new new uh, additions to the practice areas. There's four new cottages out back. Um, sea Island building a 17,000-square-foot uh, new performance center on the other end of the range that you'll see will be done probably in February. And as soon as the tournament's over and Thanksgiving's over, we're going to renovate the plantation course. So I've been here for uh, a long time. Uh, 40 years and they just continue to, to push it and keep getting better and better so golf is uh, going great here at Seattle. Have you told the world what you guys are going to do at Plantation yet? Is it? Is it? I didn't even know that. That's, that's big news. The, the members know um, and the, um, the locals know we're, we're going to renovate this side of the, of the golf course and we're really excited about it. The, the tour players know about it. Drew and I redesigned a couple holes while we were playing today nice. so we got to get mark to pencil those in but um it's it's exciting and we're we're ready we're ready for um you know for a new golf course over here just like if you'll see the driving range we've we've done a little bit of work over there and the the direction we're going is great Sion's again made a huge commitment to to the golf program here all right so please remember hashtag rsm giving back okay so we can continue to push that as much as we possibly can for 2018 and everything that lies ahead, which we anticipate will be, as it's been every year, progressively, the best year of the tournament is the year that we're in right now. Part of that is because all of you guys are here, you're participating in the Pro-Am tomorrow, there'll be another Pro-Am on Wednesday as well, and the tournament proper kicks off on Thursday, which we're all very much looking forward to, although I heard it's going to be a little cool a couple of days. This is going to be our first, like, cold front we've ever really had during the tournament maybe maybe a little bit of rain um but yeah the the golf course will play a little differently on thursday friday than these players have ever seen that'll be cool get a little wind out there in the yep. course as well all right so uh, keep in mind in just a little bit i'm going to come down and let you guys ask questions of davis love the third which is unique you get an opportunity to to in a public forum ask questions of a World Golf Hall of Famer and someone that has the lineage that he has. If, if you guys would allow, and if you're cool with it, Davis, I'd like to jump into a few golf questions as well and kind of pick his brain in, in, in that regard. Uh, first of all, Ryder Cup in Paris, just got done, saw your comments saying that you said you apologized to, to Jim Furyk, you said you let him down on something. What was that all about? What were you talking about? Well, we've, as assistant captains, and we had Matt Kuchar who just local resident who just won today in Mexico and Zach Johnson Zach Johnson were new um, assistant captains this year in our group and um, they both came to me we, we sat down and talked about what what can an assistant captain do to help out what's the role and one thing that I think I didn't do a very good job was coaching them and the three of us could have sat down here at gone to Southern Seoul and had a conference and and figured out some things. But, you know, there were some new pairings um, with Jordan and, and um, Justin. Um, there were some superstars that made the team. 
with Phil and when Phil and Tiger that we could have sat down as a group and talked about a little bit more. We could have handled um, the changing pairings. We could have handled um, Tiger Woods playing again. Um, Bryson, the new kid on the block. Um, we did a lot of that, but if you don't, if you don't lose or if you don't debrief um, things that could have gotten passed over if we'd have been celebrating in Paris. But we made some mistakes in 16 and we identified them. We thought we did a better job, but it, what it boils down to is we had a couple guys that did not play well the two weeks leading up and their confidence was a little bit off. We had a couple guys that were tired, a couple guys that didn't play well when they got there. And, you know, sports happened, Golf happened. You know, um, how did Cleveland beat the Falcons today? I don't know. I was so confident I went out and played golf. Matty Ryan's on fire. What, I don't even need to watch. So I know as an American golf fan, that's, a, that's not a good answer that sports happened or that golf happened or that we missed some putts, but it did happen. Now, looking forward, well, I'll go back. In 2014, we sat down as a group, captains, PGA of America, the PGA Tour got involved. We started building U Team USA Golf. And Phil Mickelson, who I've said in this room before, he's a little bit of a gambler. He said, we will not win 10 in a row. The odds are against us. But I think we could win seven out of the next 10 Ryder Cups if we do this. Well, since he said that, and we started working on it, we won the 15 President's Cup, the 16 Ryder Cup, the 17 President's Cup in record fashion, and we got beat in Paris. So we're three and one the way we look at it. We are Team USA Golf. Now, we learned a lot in each one of them. We learned who our new leaders are. We learned, we made some mistakes. But on the bus, leaving Monday morning from Paris, Bryson DeChambeau and I had a 20 minute conversation about what he thought that I did wrong. That's the difference, is that I asked him, what's your opinion? He says, this is what I think we could do different going forward. Now there's a team leader, that guy's gonna play some Ryder Cup President's Cups. He wants to get ready. Tiger's already getting ready to be the captain in Australia. We're working on it. And yeah, I apologize to Jim. He said, no, it's not your fault. It's not, it's my fault. I was a captain. We could have done better, but at least we recognize that. But you gotta remember, we're we're not business guys or coaches. We're just golfers. And we came to this game kind of late, but we're gonna pass that down to Cooch and to Matt and to um, Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker might be captain of a team down the road again or whoever's next, we're gonna pass this down rather than, it was just, you know, Tom Watson's captain, then Tom Kite, and it was, we didn't have any leadership. So now we've got a good program set and we're excited about it. We hate losing, but it was still, it was a, we still had a fun trip and we had great team camaraderie. Um, we lost the momentum Friday afternoon. Their fans got into it and, and we never recovered from it. And unfortunately, that happens in, in sports and in golf. I've, I've seen it in a lot of other sports. I've seen it happen in 99 in Brookline. We got the momentum somehow Sunday morning. The first five guys won and we, and we rolled that day. Um, they got it at Medina somehow Sunday morning and they rolled us from four down. So if, it's like any other sport, confidence and cockiness and momentum 
all go together. And they somehow they got it Friday afternoon and got their fans behind them. As a coach, I knew we were in trouble. And Jim knew we were in trouble. And we tried to rally and talk about it positive. But they played tight from Friday afternoon on, for sure. One of the things that I think, and, and I hope you guys would join me in doing this, is that because you had been through it, because you were a captain in 12 at Medina, and I happen to agree with you 100%, it's sport. And some of it you can control, most of it you cannot. But when it comes to the players that are representing the United States, if, the, if there's anybody that's still harboring the thought that, that United States players do not want it as bad as the Europeans, I can assure you that is absolutely not the case. They, they, they're, they're bleeding out there as much as, as everybody else. So I, from my side, from a media side, I can tell you that the reaction to a Ryder Cup, particularly a loss in a Ryder Cup, is way over the top. But the amount of time and effort and energy and emotion and passion that these guys give is something that none of us should be sitting back and criticizing. What we should be doing is saying, thank you. If you'd have seen the look on Brooks Kepka's face Sunday afternoon, when he came up and looked me in the eye and apologized to me, he apologized to me because I was his captain in the, in the Ryder Cup and he won. He said, I have never lost one of these. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. If you don't think Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and those guys don't care, they care too much. They, they try too hard. I watched Brooks hit 75% of his shots that we practice and in the matches. He was trying to win, put the whole thing on his shoulders when he saw it was going downhill. His partner wasn't playing great. He saw that they were behind. And he's strong enough to carry the whole team on his shoulders. But we didn't need a running back. We, we, we needed some guys to hit some fairways. But, um, but Webb Simpson... If Webb Simpson walked in here and you would say, what's the one thing you'd like to say to Davis Love? He'd say, I apologize again for 2012. These guys care so much about it. Brant Snedeker is, can't get over 2012. Even though he won in 16, he, he can't get over it. I can't get over 97 for Tom Kite. Every time I see Tom Kite, my stomach sinks. He's one of my best friends. He introduced me at the World Golf Hall of Fame. But if you say Tom Kite, I immediately go to zero points, 1997, Davis Love III, and Tiger Woods, and Justin Leonard. We, we tried so hard for Tom Kite that we blew it. So anyway, uh, they do care. Uh, we will get better at it on an away game. But we're excited about Australia with Tiger. And then the next year, we're excited about Kohler, Wisconsin. Good. Very cool, indeed. Uh, I, I wanted to go someplace else with, with Davis, too. You heard me mention that he's won 21 times, major championships, players' championships, all of these big wins in tow. If you could go back and you could say something to yourself as a rookie PGA Tour professional, what advice would grandfather Davis Love III, Pappy, say today to that young rookie then? I'd tell him the same thing I told about a 15-year-old kid in the gym with Randy Myers this week. When he, when he asked me a question, I said, if I'd have known what you're learning when you're 15 years old of how to work out in the gym and how to, how to protect your body and build your body for golf, 
I said, I'd have been a better player. And my dad actually pulled me out of ninth grade basketball because we were lifting too many weights. And so I'm in the, now I'm in the gym and I'm looking at Brooks Kepka and Jordan Spieth and all these guys and go, what would my dad think? But he would have adapted because now the golf trainers are training us to play golf. But physical fitness, if I could go back and start over, that's where I would start. Sports psychology, my dad brought to me kind of um, when I hit the tour, but golf fitness was unheard of in the, in the 80s. And now it's the thing. I mean, we're building, again, I'm on the board of the tour, we're building new state-of-the-art, bigger fitness trucks because we can't turn around in our fitness trucks now because we have so many players in there working out. And if you go in the little gym here or the gym at Sea Island or one Anytime Fitness, these players will be in the gym every day. It's, it's, you've seen it, Matt. It's incredible how, how much they're working out. Davis was, was just mentioning his father and uh, Mark's dad, Davis's dad, Drew's grandfather, was one of the great teachers of this game. He's a member of the PGA of America. How much do you reflect on your father even today about how to conduct yourself, the professional that you want to project yourself as, and the image that he wanted you to? Well, I've, I've been saying that the awards that I've been lucky enough to get, Payne Stewart Award, Bob Jones Award, things like that, Ryder Cup captain, I think my dad would be more proud of those than the playing um, accomplishments. That's what he expected and demanded. Um, so I think he'd be proud of that. Um, Jack Lumpkin was giving me a lesson just a couple of days ago, and he said, your dad would tell you just to hit some balls left-hand only. And Mark came out to watch the next day, and Jack goes, I told him your dad would just tell him to hit balls left-hand only. <laughs> so it comes up every, every day. Um, you know, I miss it. I miss him for Drew. That when I go out there, I just sit there and think, what would my dad tell him to do? And, you know, that's, there's a lot of exciting, fun moments on the golf course that we get to have. But, you know, I miss him for getting to see Drew play or getting to see his granddaughter. My granddaughter is lefty, and I would just love to have seen my dad give a little lefty that likes to hit mushrooms lessons. But uh, we're, we're trying to pass the tradition on. It's fantastic. All right, so you guys percolate some questions for Davis Love III. I'll come down, just put your hand up, and I'll run over to where you are, and, and we can uh, spend a few minutes. Is, is that cool? It's great. Right? All right, let's, let's do go that. Forward. Hi. How are you? Good. What was your favorite win in the PGA? My favorite win... Um, I think my favorite win was actually the 16 Ryder Cup. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, like Brant Snedeker um, getting getting a win, um, that team getting a win, I have so much pressure on them. Um, for me, obviously, we're talking about my dad winning the PGA and having Jim Nance be able to talk about my dad, you know, basically 10 years after he passed away in the rainbow and fairy book ending. But um, yeah, I'd say for me, winning the PGA and um, for our team or for my involvement with teams. I wouldn't trade that 16 Ryder Cup for anything. All right. Okay, right over here, Davis. Um, what sport other than golf could do you wish you could play professionally in what position? Um, it's a big wish, but I played hockey until I was 15. So that was, that was my sport. Um, I got to play right defense because in my little 
whatever you call them, Mighty Mites or Pee Wees or whatever I was in, I was the only one that could skate backwards. So, you, well, your defense. And I shot right, so I, I guess like, like, like Drew and I in our little high school, we were the tallest kids, so we got to play basketball. That was the only reason they let us play. But um, <laughs> I, would, I would have loved to have played hockey. I've always been a hockey fan. And um, moving from Atlanta when I was basically 15 to the beach put a big damper on. So now I want to be a professional surfer. But that, that, probably, won't happen. that probably won't happen either. All right, right over here. Davis, go ahead. Hi, Davis. Uh, 16 Ryder Cup was uh, Patrick Reed and Roy McIlroy in the first match, maybe one of the most famous ever. Can you just tell us how that happened? Did they know you were going to put Patrick Reed out? Did you know they were going to put Rory out? Sort of how that goes about. That's a great question. We should have Drew up here. Um, they were putting kind of, we think, if, you, if Stricker was here, he'd tell you the big conspiracy theory. But our kind of, we think, He's always, Rory's always gone like three or four, generally third. So Drew had heard, a couple people had heard, came to me. Um, somebody actually told Jordan Spieth, I don't know if it was Rory or somebody said, if you want to play Rory, go, go third in singles, you know, before the matches, you know, leading up. So the noise was that Rory was going to be three. So Patrick and Jordan asked Saturday night, Say so we want to go three and four, so one of us will get Rory. Well, back up six months, Tiger Woods, Jim Furyk, Tom Lehman, Steve Stricker, we're making a plan for our pairings, what are we going to do? Because we, I felt like in 12, I really messed up not having a Sunday pairings plan. We had a great Friday-Saturday plan, and we had worked on it for months and months and months and months, and it worked. We were four ahead. Um, it was, other than Poulter... Um, somebody else making six or seven birdies in a match. We would have been six ahead going into Sunday. It would have been over. But anyway, we had no real good plan for Sunday. And after we lost, Darren Clark came into the, our team room Sunday night and took me outside on the back porch with a cigar and said, what in the, were you thinking? You knew what we were going to do. We were going to load the boat. Why didn't you go like you did in 99? But all your best players first. And I gave him all these theories and he goes, oh, that's BS. You should have loaded the boat. So that stuck in my head. So in our, all of our conversations, we said, what's the best strategy if you're two ahead or two down or four ahead or four behind? And we, Tiger, Phil, all of us decided it doesn't matter what the score is. We want to get on a roll Sunday morning. We're gonna put our best players first. So we had it laid out already that whoever was playing best, which was Patrick, Jordan, we were gonna throw our best players first. And I went, talked to the team Saturday night, went back to the locker room where these assistant captains were filling the sheet out for me. And I said, hey, Jordan and Patrick wanna go three and four, blah, blah, blah. And they go, no, we already made this decision. We made it six months ago. This is what we're doing. And we're not gonna change just because we hear all this these other things. Don't, and Phil told me this in 2012 on Saturday, don't change your plan. Let's stick with it. Well, I said, all right, guys, you told me to, to go with my instincts. My instincts is to listen to you guys. Let's just stick with our plan and not listen to the players. Sure enough, Rory McElroy's first instead of third. 
Patrick Reed gets to play him. It's one of the great all-time matches. But if I'd have yielded to my team and to the noise, one of Belichick's things he told us, ignore the noise, you know, and stay in your lane. Well, we stayed in our lane, and we did what we said we were going to do, and it turned out great. And we had a better plan that Tiger was going to go with Patrick, I was going to go with Jordan, Bubba was going to go with Brant. We had this mapped out. We had a support. We had a team going to play, not individual matches. In fact, Tiger said, you need to switch with me if, I, if we lose the momentum. And he called me on 10, and he said, you gotta, we got to switch. This is not going to turn out well. He had a feeling that it was going to go the other way. They were, both were running out of gas because they played so well for nine holes. So we switched. And I think it made a big difference to Patrick when he came off of 12, off of a big putt. And here's the captain's cart sitting right by the green. And he could come over and high-five me. And I could go with him to, to 13T. And he stiffed it on 13 and off and running. And he wins the match. So we had a great strategy. And um, I don't think we got lucky that that pairing happened. I think that was we planned for a long time for it. But we don't know. In the President's Cup, we put out one. They put out one. We put out one. Ryder Cup, we just turn in a form. Um, in fact, this year we walked our, we walked, Steve Stricker and I actually walked our pairings to the rules trailer and watched them. We couldn't see the other team, we watched them open them. And we wanted to see, all right, we hear how it's done, we want to see how. So we literally watched, we, it's an away game, you gotta, <laughs> let me see that coin you're gonna flip. So we literally, we literally asked permission to go and watch them open the envelopes when we turned them in to see how it was done. This, this, folks, is why we're doing this, so that you guys can hear stories you'll never hear anyplace else. Unfortunately, because of the amount of time that we're using for Davis, I'm only going to go one more question. I'm, I'm going to go this jet right here and so we can wrap it up and, and send him on his way. Go right ahead. Okay, so Ryder Cup course setup. So I was fortunate enough to listen to you back in the summer of 16, um, in Omaha, Nebraska, RSM event. And you said, we're just going to go play golf. We're not going to trick up the course. So the tee-up is, obviously, a lot of the players thought that this course was tricked up to the advantage of the Europeans. Your thoughts? Well, um, all the way back to 2012, we're playing some practice rounds, and, and Drew was up with us hanging out, and the club president at Medina caught Drew and cornered him and said, what's your dad gonna do about this? What's your dad gonna do about that? And Drew goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And he goes, well, how deep's the rough gonna be? He goes, my dad hates rough, there will be no rough. <laughs> so the two Ryder Cups that I got to make a decision on, we didn't have any rough. Um, I think it's to our advantage, Paul Azinger came up with this, not me. It's to our advantage to make birdies and get the crowd into it. And he put the pins in the, literally in the middle of the green at um, Valhalla, and we birdied every hole. I mean, now, so did they, but we are better, I think we're better at that game. So we set it up that way. Now, that is a tricky, weird golf course, no matter how you set it up at, in Paris. Um, we, Dustin was practicing with drivers one day on, on like on Tuesday and I go, is that a good driver? You like that driver? And he goes, yeah, this one's perfect. I go, great, I'm going to take it away from you. He goes, why? I go, it's not a driver course. Why are we hitting so many drivers on the range? Well, some holes might be driver holes. Like, but I think we missed the fairway. I watched a lot of it. We missed fairways with irons, with three woods. We were just 
a, we weren't way off. We were just a little bit off. Um, experience on that golf course cost us. Now you can say we didn't play enough practice rounds. It's impossible for us to play enough practice rounds on a course that they have a European tour event. Unless we send 30 guys over every year for six years, there's no way we can catch up with them on that. But what we do, we did learn is somehow we need, we need to get more experience. They want to go back there, obviously. Um, the next one in Rome, nobody's going to have any experience over there, really. So that would be more to our advantage. But one thing that's going to be to our advantage is the new tour schedule. It's going to end, the, the tour championship will end in August instead of the, the day before the Ryder Cup. That'll give us a little bit of a break. Um, we had a lot of guys that had played seven of nine weeks going in. So we had a frustrating golf course and a frustrating atmosphere, and they got tired and got behind. And if you listen to Nick Saban, I don't know if anybody watched that big thing, preseason thing, the will to fight through things like that is what wins championships. And we were tired and we got behind and it was a frustrating course and we were a little bit off in the rough and they weren't. And that was the difference. So next time, we'll, we're going to try to be more rested and more patient and more prepared. And that'll be the messaging of the next captain. But... The that's how much pressure it is. It's little things can turn into a loss, and it's it's hard it's hard to explain unless you've been there. But um, the golf course didn't beat us. I think I think we a little bit beat ourselves. But um, there's no excuse. It's, the players won't give you an excuse. They'll all tell you like I did. I didn't get any points in '97. That's why we lost. Um, it wasn't the golf course. It was a frustrating golf course in '97. But I just didn't play well. But. The themes that Davis has been touching on, experience, fighting through adversity, making sure you have the proper counsel, the proper advice, all of you are here because of RSM. So the last thing I want to ask you to wrap up, and thank you for the, for the huge amount of time that you've given us tonight in sharing these ideas and stories that literally can't be heard anyplace else. I just wanted to ask you about your relationship with RSM and, and how it's developed and why it's important. Well, I think... Like the Ryder Cup team, we, we formed a great team. The, um, the foundation, obviously the PGA Tour puts on the, the events, but without a partnership with Sea Island, without a partnership with RSM, companies like BMW North America, we couldn't be successful. But my, Mark, John, Todd, Lexi, Christian, our whole team, we couldn't do it without them. And um, RSM taught us how to build a team, how to work together, and they've become our friends and our partners, and I think that's why we're successful. I always say that it's events like this, and you'll see it if you're here any, any amount of days this week. When you see the putting contest and you have Special Olympians out there, the kids from the first tee and the company executives and young players on the PGA Tour, and that's just that part. On Saturday, we're going to try to give a million dollars away for the Folds of Honor and more and more, Birdies for Love. What I'm saying is that all of this exposes the soul of a company. So when you guys are here, and whatever your association with, partner, client, prospect, whatever it is, now you know the people that you're working with with RSM, and I just think this is a brilliant way for that to be celebrated and exposed, rightfully so. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Matt. It was great to see you. Davis, all the third. Thank you, 
My new book is called The Golf Round. I'll never forget 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. Look, we're going into the holiday season. I hope this is the perfect gift for the person in your life that loves the history of the game. History like this, the 1978 Masters. Well, first of all, I'm seven shots behind Tom Watson. And my son says to me, he says, Dad, you're playing so well. If you putt well today, you can shoot 65 and win. Well, it's not easy to shoot 65 at Augusta. Anyway, I'm out in 34 with a bogey. And I come back in 30. I actually touched the hole three times. But thank goodness I didn't because I would have never been invited back to Augusta. The book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. I hope you enjoy it. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold, including barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. FootJoy, the number one outbrand in golf, ensures that you can make every day playable with performance gear to handle any weather condition. All FootJoy products are designed to provide the best golfing experience regardless of the conditions. Every piece of FootJoy gear goes through years of testing and validation to ensure the ultimate in golf performance. Trust the brand that has been number one forever. Learn how you can make every day playable at FootJoy.com M-E-D-P. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Tick-borne diseases like Lyme disease, which will have more than 7,000 new cases per week this season, and biting bugs like mosquitoes that could be carrying West Nile virus or even Zika, are threats to everyone, but in particular, to golfers stay safe with serious protection from ranger ready repellent i use it because it works it will not stain your clothes it doesn't contain toxic deke and it's available in multiple scents even an option for no scent at all whether you like boating golf gardening hunting whatever you do outdoors protect yourself with ranger ready repellent for more information go to rangerready.com the u.s open Golf's most storied championship returns to the iconic Winged Foot Golf Club. Next June, see firsthand the remarkable moments, the energy, the excitement of the 120th U.S. Open Championship. Don't miss your chance to be here next year, June 15th through the 21st, 2020. Tickets on sale now at usopen.com forward slash 2020. Hey, my new book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. Moments like this. The 1973 U.S. Open. Here's Johnny Miller. He got a letter also on Saturday morning and said, you're going to win the U.S. Open from some guy in Iowa. And I never got a letter that that's all it was. He didn't sign it, nothing. It was just from Iowa. You're going to win the U.S. Open. So it was sort of an interesting 
experiences that led up to that uh, winning that open uh, and, and the round itself was sort of out of nowhere because it just was a, it was a perfect round of golf. I mean, it literally was a perfect round of golf. The book is called The Golf Round I'll Never Forget. 50 of golf's biggest stars recall their finest moments. I hope you enjoy it. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold, including barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. It's time for you to discover Stream Song, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. FootJoy, the number one outer brand in golf, ensures that you can make every day playable with rain jackets for all weather conditions. New to the FJ Performance Outwear lineup this year is the all-new DryJoy Select LS, the lightest, most waterproof garment FJ has ever produced, setting the new standard in rainwear. Amazingly, it's actually lighter than a golf shirt, but still fully waterproof. You can shop now at FootJoy.com slash M-E-D-P. BenHoganGolf.com is where you can go to see the beautiful product that's being produced right now, bearing the name of the legend. You know, when he founded the original company in 1953, Ben Hogan said he did it, quote, to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world, end quote, and that is exactly what their mantra is today, only it's going directly to you, not through retail stores, so they're saving that 40%, 50% retail markup. You can get the best, and you can get it directly from their master craftsmen. Log on to BenHoganGolf.com now. If you're a golfer or enjoy activities outside, you are at risk. The risk of Lyme disease and other illnesses are a national threat. Add in insect-borne illnesses like West Nile and Zika. Ranger Ready is insect repellent that's serious protection with premium wearable scents and clean, non-greasy formula. Ranger Ready is the best insect repellent available, period. Safe. 12-hour protection, nothing comes close. Log on to rangerready.com for more information. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. 